0: Episode number 234 with Carlos Welch. Super, super, super. I got X respects for eyes. I can see right through you. I Welcome to the Heads Up Poker, poker Podcast. So this is Steve Barton. This is Carlos is. Welch. How the hell are you, Carlos? Never better, never better. <laughs> good, good. I, uh, I feel like we, uh, we need our uh, like an acronym for you every time you come on the show. Uh, I came up with one. It's, it's short and sweet. It's uh, W-I-T-W-I-C-W-R-N. That's short and sweet? <laughs> yeah, yeah. <We're, laughs> where in the world is Carlos Welch right now? Okay, it's sweet, <laughs> but it's not that short.
1: <laughs> but yeah, that's a good one. I am currently in the San Diego area.
0: Oh, okay, okay. Yep.
1: So basically, um, when the uh, I was actually here up until around February, I think. Okay. And then when the pandemic hit, I did some research, and the two big, one of the two big takeaways I found was, um, stay the hell out of highly populated areas. And so I left San Diego and went to Bullhead City. And I was there for a couple of months. Um, but my, my ex lives in San Diego. And so I was here with her. And then she had to have spinal surgery. Oh. And so, so, yeah. So I had to come back and um, help her out with that. So that's why I'm back in the area.
0: Oh, okay. You guys must get along pretty well if...
1: You're much better, much better than when we, when we were together.
0: <laughs> Is this an ex from uh, when you were in Atlanta? Yes. Okay. Okay. Cool. Cool. Well, that's a better relationship than I have with my exes. That's pretty cool.
1: <laughs> yeah. She hasn't tried to kill me yet, but maybe, <laughs> maybe that's coming down the road.
0: Right on. Right on. Cool. Well, how's, uh, how's everything else going for you? What What are you doing down in San Diego? Are you going to the live rooms? I imagine not, right? No, no,
1: no, 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 (laughs) no, no, I wouldn't be doing that if there wasn't a pandemic. But with the pandemic, there's no way in the hell I would be caught dead. Maybe I would be caught dead if I decide to uh, play live poker. I've just been, you know, doing what I was doing in um, Bullhead City, just, you know, staying in for the majority of the time and, you know, masking up whenever I went out and just playing a lot of poker and teaching a lot of poker. Okay. Coaching, coaching, I should say.
0: Cool, cool. Cool, good for you, good for you. What, uh, mostly uh, Bovada?
1: Yes. You know what? See, I was actually thinking about this right before we came on. I So everybody knows, for the most part, that Bovada is like my site of choice. And I was doing really well on it um, at the beginning of the year. January, February, February were great. And then in March, it's like the bottom fell out. I, like, lost my ass in March. And I didn't realize this was happening until it was too late. But that's right around the time time when the pandemic started to shut down live poker. Okay. So all the live guys started to trickle in online. And the field sizes started to get bigger, you know, slowly under my nose. And I didn't realize it until I was down 7K for the month. Wow. And once I realized what was happening, like tournaments on Bavada that used to um uh, um get three hundred runners, we're getting a thousand runners. And the ones that were getting a thousand were getting three hundred three thousand. So I'm I'm thinking like, you know, I don't like big fields because with big fields come big variants. So in March, no, in April, I decided to play tournaments with higher buy-ins and lower guarantees to kind of keep the field size down.
0: Yeah.
1: And what I found is there were not many tournaments like that on Bovada for the, uh, the um, buy-in level I was playing like 109s and up. So I had to drop down the stakes for two reasons, primarily for uh, to get the smaller field sizes, but a nice a uh, no, a nice addition was everything was kind of like chaotic at the time and uncertainty. Yeah. So I didn't know when I was going to be able to go back to work. In fact, I was supposed to go back to work, you know, in March, and I had to cancel my trip um, because of the pandemic. Because the schools closed. For those that don't know, I'm a uh, substitute teacher, and so I had to be I had to be more careful with my role, because at the time I was thinking like, man, I mean, if I bust my role, I may not get a chance to work again until August. Yeah. And and so I was like, you know what, this is a good time to just drop down in stakes because I don't really need the money. Yeah. So um, I started playing like 30s and 50s and 20s. Uh, it would be like a th- a thirty buy-in 3K guarantee, which would normally get 100 runners, was getting around 300 runners, which is basically my wheelhouse around 300 runners or less. And so that's what I did throughout April, and my results started to come back. But because the volume was so low, because there were not a lot of tournaments like that, I actually experimented with other sites and I started to play on Bet Online. Have you ever played there?
0: bet online um no i don't i think i played bet us poker it was it was great because it was a, a sports uh, betting site and they also had <laughs> poker so the software was horrendous but so were the was, was the player pool <laughs> right right
1: see i love that combination it's such right? a good combination <laughs>
0: it is. Uh, you have to put up with a lot of crap you know but uh but when you're when you're by far the best player at the table at board and makes up for it.
1: Yeah, bet online is the same way, the only difference is I actually really like that software. Okay. It's got a lot of the things that I missed about PokerStars. Like you can set the um bet the buttons, you can set to like a certain percentage of the pot you want to bet like just auto oh. set the button. Okay. Um that was pretty cool and then also you can make deals at the final table. Oh. Uh, but it also had its downsides as they all do. Um, uh, It was hard to get the, you could get the HUD to work there, but it was like, um, it didn't work great. Uh, So that was a little bit of a problem. And then also you could only cash out, I think up to 3K a week or something in that ballpark. But uh, when I started playing there, I was thinking that was probably going to not be an issue for me. But, I did I did pretty well that first month and I did run into a it wasn't a problem. I couldn't cash out as much as I wanted, but I just did it over two weeks and that was not a problem.
0: Okay. Well that's the uh, first world problem there. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> great, great,
1: <laughs> great problem to have during the pandemic. <laughs> <laughs> um, but the field sizes were small and it, it was, there were small field sizes at the buy-in level I wanted, you know, one oh nines and um 215 and there was a lot of volume during the week uh so that worked out really well for me they don't have a lot of volume on sunday which is weird for an online site um but that that was the one thing that um that I one of the things I didn't like about the schedule so I did that throughout um may and did really well and then did a little bit in June and didn't do so well, but June was around the time I moved to um, San Diego to help her out yeah and by this time, the uh field sizes on Bavada had gone back to normal, so i moved i started back playing on Bavada more, and that's where I've been ever since and and everything has been going well there's um also
0: nice nice. I found the same thing with uh, Poker Bros when the um, <clears throat> when the pandemic hit, uh, Mikey and I got into like a little private room, but pretty quickly it branched out into joining other unions. And now we have field sizes of thousands of people, you know, for a, a, a $30 or $40 tournament, which is great if you can bank a final table. <laughs> but other yeah. than that, you're kind of bleeding money, you know? Um, yeah. And uh, so luckily some other sit and go things opened up where they have like 30 or 40 man max and that's yeah. perfect, you know, because oh. you can fire. Um, at least the last time I was playing, it was, you can play a $30 one, a $20 one, and I think a $10 one every, uh, every two hours. So that fills three tables for, and usually you you get something out of one of those and then rinse and repeat. You know, they just got those every two hours.
1: Yeah. That, that reminds me of, pre-Black Friday poker stars with right. the 40, 45 man's because that's I got started with nine man's mm-hmm. and I worked my way up to eighteens and twenty sevens and forty fives, then one oh um not not um one eighties oh, uh, and and one eighties were the ones that made me feel like this is basically a tournament. So when you know that gave me the confidence to try tournaments for the first time and i haven't looked back since nice
0: nice yeah it uh it's really cool uh being able to uh just grind out a little um (laughs) a little nut playing a game you know i still can't get over that that like you know uh i get paid to play a game yeah yeah (laughs) i love it (laughs) it's amazing man (laughs) i love it (laughs) Good for you. Good for you. So are you staying at at her place, I guess? You're not in the Netmobile?
1: No, I'm staying at her place.
0: Uh Cool. Cool. Good deal. I think I may be um, going out to uh, Parker again here today. uh, If the weather clears up here in Santa Paula, then I'll be able to get out. Uh, But, um, um, yeah, I've been going out there and hanging out. It's kind of nice. There's no cell phone reception, so you just get uh, – Kind of get to unplug, you know, there's not too many yeah. people out there right on the river.
1: I was pretty jealous um, hearing you talk about it on the podcast and, you know, in our private groups, because um, that's where I was. Um, not too far from there is Bullhead City in Laughlin, which I'm sure you know. Yeah. And it's exactly what you said. It's almost like coronavirus does not exist in that place
0: yeah 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 everyone's super cool we've got a uh, uh my buddy his uncle has a boat out there so we've got access to a boat and um yeah it's fun it's fun <laughs> you can you can just swim in the river you know that it's probably only moving two miles an hour or something so you can just go for a leisurely swim right in front of your campsite and never move you know because the current's keeping you in that spot and, yeah uh, yeah very relaxing kind of like a quick little getaway vacation, you know? Yes,
1: yeah, sw- swimming will probably be mandatory if you go back around this time of year. Um, early, late July, early August, I'm sure the average temperature is like 115.
0: That's exactly right. Yeah, I checked the temperature today. <laughs> 115, <laughs> it will be at noon. Yeah,
1: <laughs> that's the one downside when Alex and I lived in Bullhead City. Like, it, it was so funny seeing his face whenever he stepped outside the door, because I want to say he's originally from Alaska. (laughs) (laughs) So to go from Alaska to uh, Arizona in the summer has to be a major culture shock.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Two polar opposites.
1: Yeah, yeah. But I love the area, man, because I'm from a small town in Georgia, mm-hmm. and Bullhead City kind of gives me a small town feel. Um, that's the one thing I miss, miss about being on the West Coast. I love, I love the um, weather here, but I hate the traffic. Yeah. I hate, I hate like interstates. <laughs> yeah. I, I I hate having to go like if you want to go to Walmart you got to take like four exits. Yeah. 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 So that, that's the part I hate about city life and you don't get that too much in places like Bullhead and Parker.
0: No, no. It, uh, I was doing some fishing out there too. I probably spent a total of two and a half or three weeks out there over the last couple of months. And uh, man, the fishing, okay. They got carp, they got striper bass, uh catfish and then a bunch of trout and uh man i've been doing my damnedest to catch these fish and i just <laughs> i cannot you know i had to get another fishing license because now i'm on the arizona side i could see california you know but <laughs> i'm on the arizona yeah. side so i gotta get an arizona license and then uh I, when i go snorkeling out there i can see all the fish i mean they're just everywhere uh but the damn things aren't biting, uh, uh, what I'm giving them. And, uh, the last time I was out there a week or two ago, I thought, you know what, I'm going to create like a little fish haven right here, right? There's a bunch of cinder blocks that are out in the water. And I noticed that, um, the fish kind of like to get behind a rock or some type of obstacle because they don't, they don't have to swim as hard and they can basically just kind of chill there. And when some food floats by, they jump out and grab it. Then they go back behind the behind the rock so I got a bunch of these cinder blocks and I uh, arranged them in the water to create kind of like a little a little dam underwater for the fish and as I was building this thing there was literally a group of fish watching me do it and sitting behind the uh the blocks I'm like oh this is perfect it's working you know so I swam back to shore start throwing my lure out where I know the fish are and I, I never even got so much as a bite and I got to thinking I'm like how the hell am I going to get these fish? I've been unsuccessfully (laughs) trying to catch them for three weeks. I've only ever gotten one and I couldn't even get it onto shore. It was too big. It broke the line, which is a good problem, I guess. But I got to thinking, I'm like, you know what? I bet spear fishing would work because these things are obviously not afraid of me. I mean, I can get three feet from them. Uh, you know, they're just not biting anything I'm putting on the hook. So I, uh, ordered a $33, uh, uh, Hawaiian sling fishing spear on Amazon and uh, I'm going to take it out this time and I'll be damned if I'm not going to get one of them this time. <laughs> <laughs> this,
1: is, this is so hilarious to me because I can tell you what I'm picturing in my head. It's like, I don't know if fish make sound. Do fish make sound? Mm-hmm. I don't think they do. No, not really. But if they made sound and if you had like Google Translate for like fish language, they're probably watching you set up this damn, and you're thinking it's gonna work because they're just sitting there watching you. They're, they're probably thinking to themselves, talking amongst themselves, "Look at this idiot! He thinks this is gonna work," and they probably just had a great time laughing at you, not knowing that you're gonna show up a month later with a fucking spear, <laughs> and they're gonna be looking at you, thinking like, "What's this idiot got this time?" And then it's like just that last second before the thing penetrates their skull, they're going to be like, Oh shit.
0: (laughs) (laughs) He finally got us. (laughs) Yeah. 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 I wonder if, uh, when I show up with the spear, if they're, if they're going to figure it out after, after I get one of them, you know what I mean? (laughs) And not swim close after that. I'm not sure.
1: Yeah. I think it's, I mean, when the guy next to you has a rod through his skull, I think you figure out that this is not the place you want to be standing pretty quickly. <laughs>
0: <laughs> we'll see. there are there's some big uh, bass in there. I looked up the regulations, and you can spearfish carp and these striper bass, which are not, the ones I want are are the bass. they taste the best. Um, but man, they're pretty big. I mean, they're the size of like, oh, well, bigger than an American football, maybe like one and a half. American wow. footballs, so you know, you get one fish, it'll feed everyone that night. Uh, right. We'll see. We'll see. I'm excited. <laughs> I'm excited. <laughs> uh, I, I saw uh, one of your uh, one of your tweets. Uh, are you uh, your Bitcoin tweet? Did you uh, did you score a little bit on some Bitcoin?
1: Well, I've been all in on Bitcoin since I realized what it was. I got into it not super early, like, you know, the very beginnings. I want to say the price was around 600 when I first got into it, but I didn't really understand the potential of it at the time. I just use it as something to like, fund my poker account a lot easier. So I would buy and sell to move money back uh, back and forth online, but I never held any. And then maybe like a year or two later, I realized that this is a good thing to hold. So I've been pretty much keeping my poker roll in Bitcoin ever since then. So yeah, I've been riding the wave for like, shit, I don't even know how long it's been. Like five years now? Okay. Maybe more. I can't even remember. But yeah, I've definitely been um, all in on Bitcoin. So, you know, we just recently had a bump and, yeah. and it was great because I got destroyed online that day. And I made back everything and more through Bitcoin. So huh. can't complain.
0: Nice. Do you do you have any Ethereum or Litecoin or Bitcoin Cash? Just, just Bitcoin?
1: Yes. I got a little bit of Litecoin and a little bit of Ethereum on the rec- recommendations from you and Mike back in the day. And I haven't really paid attention to those because the amount is so small that I basically bought those in case because there was this debate at one time about one of these coins will hit 100k at one point could be bitcoin could be Litecoin, could be something and so i figured you know let me get like half of one of them just in case that's the one that hits 100k yeah but you know if it goes up to like you know 300 or whatever from from 30 that that's not going to make me much money. I don't have a ton in it. Like I'm I'm 99% invested in Bitcoin when it comes to my um, crypto um, investments.
0: Okay. Okay. I just got out of Bitcoin uh, recently, although I kept my Litecoin, Ethereum and Bitcoin cash um, because I'm in the hole for, for those. I bought those at the wrong time, Uh, but I'm more than made up with it with uh, Bitcoin. So I've got like, I did the math. I don't remember where the paper is, but I think I've got like fifteen hundred invested uh, in between those coins, but uh, they're only worth about four hundred right now. So,
1: it's, uh, yeah, yeah,
0: yeah, I forgot
1: about Bitcoin Cash. I got a little bit of that too, but it's so it's such an afterthought at this point that I don't even know where it is. <laughs> I, I, I got a because it's not. I don't have it on. I don't think it's one of the the options. Well, let me look. Uh, what's the thing called? Um, you got Um, uh, I think I have it on Coinbase. Um, okay. It's either Coinbase or blockchain.
0: Okay.
1: Um, okay. Let's see. But, oh, uh, yeah, I'm right. At least at the time when I set up my Blockfolio, Bitcoin Cash wasn't one of the options. That's where I kind of keep track of how much I have of everything. But because that one wasn't an option, it's not on my list. So I stopped keeping track of it. So, I mean, I could be a millionaire and not even know it. <laughs> so, I should check my Bitcoin cash balances. It's, but if uh... you're down, if you're down, I'm probably not a millionaire.
0: <laughs> <Down. Probably> not. <laughs> yeah. <Probably not. laughs>
1: yeah. But I got, I got that on um, blockchain and everything else I have on um, Coinbase.
0: Uh, I right know. Yeah, I, uh, I, I don't know. And now that seeing that it bumped up, because I pulled out at like ninety five hundred, and now it's up to almost eleven k. I'm like, Ugh. I had half a bitcoin that I cashed out, so that would have been an extra seven hundred dollars or something.
1: Yeah, yeah. Uh, oh well. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but, but you started at fourteen hundred. Is that right?
0: Uh, no, I started. Remember at, correctly. Uh, Four hundred fifty, I think, is what I bought okay. the one at, and then it very quickly went down to two hundred and fifty for about two years, and then shot up to you know eighteen thousand or something ridiculous. So Yeah, that was pretty cool. But no, no, uh, amazing foresight on my part, just uh, blind ass luck, I believe.
1: So so are you basically over it or are you basically selling since the market is doing pretty good right now and planning to get back in if it goes down?
0: Man, you know, I looking at the graph, um, it went down to like 3,800 fairly recently within the last, what, four or six months or something. Right. If it got back down to that, it would be tough for me not to throw a couple K at it. You know? Yeah.
1: Uh, That's my problem. Like every time it gets low, I don't have excess cash sitting around because all my money is in Bitcoin. Yeah. But I I wish I had a pile of cash somewhere where when it got low I can throw more into Bitcoin. But I already got so much in Bitcoin that I can never take advantage when the um, when the blue light special happens.
0: Yeah. 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 Yep. I li- I like it. Gambling's fun. <laughs> yeah yeah i um I'm a little worried about uh Mikey, yeah, I thought he might uh come in and join us, but he seems like he's uh maybe a little down in the dumps or something,
1: yeah, listening to the last couple of episodes, I know things have been rough with the um pandemic closing down um um oceans and um you know he's venturing out and all these other um home games let's call them alt poker alt poker like (laughs) like like alt (laughs) core these alt poker venues (laughs) so yeah yeah i can i can see why that would be a little tough yeah
0: yeah the the poor guy i i um he's just so he doesn't have a role you know i feel like he needs to uh, uh just cut his expenses and and um Yeah, then he wouldn't have to place it in much, you know?
1: Yeah, that was the thing that was really scary for me when um, I was listening to one episode when he mentioned having like a 20K month. And then he was like, I need three of those a year. And I'm thinking like, geez, you need three 20K months a year? Yeah, I'm sorry, um, three 20K months a year. Um, Yeah, but... He knows that, like, uh, I know I've had a lot of conversations with him about, you know, cutting the expenses, and he probably won't do it until he's forced to. And um, that's just gonna be a much harder landing than if you do it incrementally uh, on purpose. Yeah. yeah so eventually that's gonna happen i heard him say he was looking at you know jobs um but yeah i i've always told him man like you gotta get on uh i can't remember one of the two he had an issue with either ignition or Mm Bavada. and if i'm not mistaken it was ignition that kind of like screwed him um, uh, So I told him, like, okay, we'll play on Bavada. Like, that site is like literally free money. Yeah. Especially when you don't have a big role. You don't really need, like, the role that you need for playing like 50s and 109s on Ignition it, on Bavada is going to be way lower than what you need to play these massive cash games he's
0: been playing. Yeah. 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 I, yeah, I feel like if you were to put my mind or your mind in Mike's, uh, (laughs) in Mike's situation, we would instantly get rid of the car and then buy one for like two grand with 150,000 miles on it. That's probably going to last another five years. (laughs) You know what I mean? (laughs) We would do that. We'd move into a smaller place. Uh, just little stuff. I remember being at the store with him once and, and I think we bought a 12 pack of beer cause we're, we're gonna uh, uh, go meet up with the, the TPE guys. And mm-hmm. he rang it up and the lady said, Oh, do you have a card to enter to get, you know, the $2 and 50 cents off or whatever. And then I interrupted him. Oh, I got one. Let me punch in the number. And he's all, no, it's okay. And he just, if he would have waited another four seconds for me to type in the number, he would have saved $2.50, but he didn't wait. You know what I mean? I'm like, does that so make any four? Sense?
1: No, in fact, I got to do this right now, just for my own, like, sanity. Four seconds, there's 15 of those in a minute, and there's 60 minutes in an hour. So he literally passed up on a... $2,200 win rate. 2250
0: oh, That's pretty good.
1: That, that, yeah, 2250 hourly to, like, stand still for four seconds. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's how I think about things. It's like, you know, I, I, I think about that when it comes to, like, laddering in tournaments yeah. where it's like, you know, you got aces. Obviously, you're going to get it in. You're already in the money, but you're on a small page up, mm-hmm. and the page up may only be for like a dollar, depending on what you're, I mean, just for the sake of discussion. Yeah. Let's say the page up's a dollar and a lot of people will say, ah, it's only a dollar, who cares? But if you can wait, you know, one second to like let somebody else bust before you, that's $60 an hour. I'm right. sorry, actually it's um, uh, $3,600 an hour if it's literally just one second. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I think about things that way, and like when you say if we could like basically put our um financial minds in his body, it's like we tried that, and we made a movie out of it, <laughs> so I can remember being on the pier with you, yes. telling him all this stuff that he probably already knows, but Mike and um and um frugality is kind of like, you know, me and exercise and healthy eating. It's like, I know what to do, but am I gonna do it consistently? Probably not, probably Probably. not. One day I'll be forced to. For me, it'll probably be a heart attack. And, you know, for Mike financially, it's gonna be like, you know, a pandemic. Mm -hmm. So yeah, one way or another, we'll, we'll eventually learn. Yeah
0: yeah at the, uh, yeah. i hope the i hope i hope the uh the guy's doing all right well, <clears throat> probably sitting at a home game right now <laughs> <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah uh, right on um do you have any uh do you have any hands i've i've got a couple if uh
1: yeah i got one That's actually like... i got two but We'll start with this one. I, w- I was actually looking. This is a link that I have. Actually, let me just present it to you because it has results, and i right there. Okay, so we are in a tournament, nine-handed, and it folds around to us in the cutoff with thirty bigs. Okay. We have king ten offsuit with the. King of Spades, ten of Hearts.
0: Okay. Okay. Nine-handed cutoff. Um. Um. What are we the have, behind you?
1: We have the button cover, and both blinds have us covered. Okay. Button has like fifteen.
0: Fifteen bigs, and the blinds have <clears throat> thirty plus.
1: Yeah, forty. Actually, fifty plus, fifty each.
0: Okay. All right. So if we raise, if we make it like three big blinds and the button shoves, um, not ideal. um, Would you call that off? If you make it like three bigs or three and a half and then the button shoves?
1: If I went three and a half, that would be 28. Oh, I'm sorry. Did I mention the blinds? The blinds are... um, um, 400, 800. I guess that doesn't matter because I didn't. We're just doing this in the blind. Yeah. Um. So three and a half, and the guy shows 15. I have to put in 11 and a half to call. Uh, it would be fairly close. I would probably find a full just because the people I play against aren't that aggressive. Yeah um uh, so i think they're going to have a stronger range than normal but um yeah i w- i would probably find a fold but it does become a lot, a much tougher decision when you, the price is um getting that good yeah
0: yeah it uh those the thing like king queen there i think is a, is a call
1: yeah, king
0: yeah. jack that- is damn close. I think King 10's probably a fold because he's doing that so often with an ace. you know I mean I, I think it's kind of rare that you're gonna find that he's got like Jack Ten or Queen Jack or something there.
1: Almost never in the games I'll play.
0: Yeah, yeah, or you'll be up against a pair. Um, yeah, okay. yeah I'd probably make it three and a half and then like uh, like we said, if the button shoves then let it go.
1: Okay, so I decided to raise here. Obviously, um, I went for the men raise. That's pretty much my standard.
0: Okay,
1: and and the small blind calls, um, button folds, small blind calls, and surprisingly, the big blind folds uh, as well. Okay, so heads up to heads up with the small blind. Um, there's like. Uh six bigs in the middle. Okay. And the flop is King of Hearts, Nine of Hearts, Deuce of Clubs.
0: Deuce of Clubs. Okay. Uh actions on the small blind.
1: He checks.
0: Okay. And hero. Um into six bigs. I don't know. I get Two and a half to three and a half, something like that.
1: Yep, that's what I did. I actually went a little less than that. I just went like two, uh, but in the ballpark. um, And we get a call.
0: Okay. And Ten bigs in the middle?
1: Yes. And uh, the turn is the jack of hearts, and he checks to us again.
0: <clears throat> All right. So we got King 10 with the 10 of hearts. King of hearts, nine of hearts, two of clubs, and the turn is the Jack of hearts. Um, I guess we got a gutter ball. We've got a backdoor heart draw that's not that great. We got the Ace of hearts and the Queen of hearts that would beat us. Top pair. I Yeah, I'd probably squeak out another little little... Value bet here it would suck to get raised, but I think we're going to get called here. What the hell is he calling with on the flop? Would a nine call a small bet? It might. This is.
1: I'm sorry that I should have mentioned this earlier. This is Bovada.
0: Okay, yeah, they'd probably call that. All right, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> ten bigs, uh, just try to squeak a little bit. Um, he checks to you on the turn. Yes. Um, Three to four big blinds, something like that.
1: I decided to go eight bigs.
0: Oh, okay. What's your reason? So
1: because I think that the majority of his hands here are like combo type hands. So like, for example, if if we're trying to get called by nine, a lot of times that's going to be like 10, nine. Yeah. Or like queen nine, so there's a gut shot with it. Obviously, that doesn't mean the guy should call a bet this big. But then again, this is bravado. Yeah. So I think when guys call on the flop with a wide range, which they will versus that small bet I made, and then they improve on the turn, it's hard for them to fold on a turn. It's like if you call with a pair and now your pair picked up a gut shot with it, it's going to be hard to let that go. Same yeah. thing. Uh, the alternative is also true. If you call with a gut shot and then you hit a pair. So for example, Queen Jack, something like that. Yeah. Th- that's a hand that I think will pay off a big bet on the turn. Queen Jack, Jack 10, 9-10, n- eh, it's in there, um, but that's not primarily what I'm targeting. I'm, I'm primarily targeting the Jacks and um Because this is Bavada, the guy could have some worse kings even Um, as as far as the um, suited ones. Like, you know, I could definitely see King 8 suited, um, King 7 suited being in there. Um, And then also, if he has any hand that contains the Ace of Hearts, he's never folding it. Ace 9 with the Ace of Hearts, Ace Jack with the Ace of Hearts, which is a hand they won't 3 bet, which is why I don't do the big raise size here because they just flat with ace jack instead of three betting it. Um, ace deuce with the ace of hearts. So yeah. Ace of hearts and a jack that has some other gut shot or something to go with it. Those are my primary targets. And I think those will call a big bet. Oh, and also weaker kings.
0: I like that logic. Okay. Yeah. Right on. Does he costs?
1: We bet big and he does call.
0: Okay. And the 26 big blinds in the middle. Yep. Okay.
1: And then on the river, we get the seven of spades and he checks to us.
0: How much we got left in our stack now?
1: We have 20 bigs left,
0: roughly. 20 bigs and there's 26 in the middle. <clears throat> okay. Is he calling everything? with a jack. Hmm. Trying to think if, if he has the range that, that we're hoping he does, you know, like a jack 10, a queen jack, a weaker king, ace nine. Is he going to call everything? He's got us covered. True. Hmm. I'm, I'm debating between thin value here or just trying to get everything. Uh I, damn. I'm thinking like 10 big blinds to leave us 10 in our stack. I mean, if we bet 10 and he shoves, I don't think we can ever fold, or can we?
1: If we bet 10 and he shoves, yeah. uh, that would be freaking disgusting. Yeah. Uh, I probably would is one of these folds that if I'm not playing my A game, it's like I call here knowing I'm beat. Yeah. But when I, am, when I am playing my A game, I am able to fold, even after putting in such a large percentage of my stack, when, I, when there's literally, literally no hand the guy would shove that I beat. Um, so that's a mental game question for me. It depends on how the rest of the session has been going. If I'm able to um, make that fold or not.
0: I think when we bet 10 bigs here into 26 and he shoves leaving, you know, we have 10 left in our stack. I'm having a hard time putting together a hand that, that that we beat there when that, when that scenario happens. Um, Yeah. Now, is he going to call a shove with a, with a nine here? I think that might be kind of optimistic. He may call with a jack. Um, a weaker king is probably calling
1: that's about it in my mind the yeah. only thing I can I think is going to call is a weaker king and even then it's going to kind of have hard of kind of a hard time given that we seem really serious about this pop and so much got there yeah multiple straight draws, the flush draw. And when bad players um, aren't good at hand reading, they just auto put you on ace king. Yeah. And so even that hasn't beat. Yeah. So I think it's going to be kind of hard to get called um, on a shove here. Yeah. Yeah, I'd probably
0: just do eight to 10 big blinds, something like that. Just try to squeak out some value from a, from a Jack or. uh, I don't know if a nine would call that. Maybe like also, I mean, he's three betting Queens and I'm sure. uh,
1: Yeah. The the three bet ranges here are generally like probably Jack's plus Ace King. And if they're feeling frisky, they'll throw Ace Queen in there and maybe 10s. But beyond that, they're just calling. Okay. Keep in mind that we bet so big on this turn that once he calls it, he probably still has a decent number of hands in his range that has us beat. Like, for example, if he's sitting there with, like, I don't know, four or five of hearts or something, it, he's probably a little bit worried when we bet big on that turn. So he still has some flushes in his range, not yeah. to mention – the um, two pairs.
0: Yeah. What are you thinking here? A checkback?
1: That's what I did. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I could I can see merit for a small bet, but I think it has to be like really small. Like, like maybe I mean yeah something something like that. And here's my rationale behind it. I think I got the majority of the value I was gonna get on the turn. Because remember My primary value targets on the turn were jacks that had a draw with them, and those draws bricked. So now that hand is going from a pair and a draw to just second pair on the scariest board of all time. So I don't know if we even get a jack to call, uh, much less a nine. So I think if we bet here, our primary target will be the weaker kings. And there's some, but not many. In fact, one of them that was in there would have been like king seven of spades, which I actually just got there. So I think if we're getting value from a weaker king here, it's going to be like exactly king eight of diamonds or clubs. Question is if he plays king six, I don't know, maybe... But there's only, like, in my mind, two or three combos that we can get value from here, and there's infinite combos that have us beat still. Yeah, yeah. So I just I just decided to check back here, but I can see throwing out, you know, three bigs, three, four bigs, and, like, you know, um, hoping for the best. But the other thing is I'm comfortable – if I lose this hand, I'm comfortable playing this 20 buck, twenty big blind stack. Like I still got a lot of options from this stack size. Yeah. Whereas if we bet big here, like even five or six, and get called and lose, that almost puts me in push-fold uh, mode where I got a little bit more flexibility with 20 than I would have with like 14, 15 or 14. So yeah. Yeah, that's that's another reason I checked here. Okay. <clears throat> so, I check and villain has king not oh, sorry, king jack of clubs.
0: Ooh. Damn. So yeah, that's
1: the whole way. Yeah, the whole way. Yeah. But those are the type of hands that I would be worried about value betting into on the river because that, that hand makes perfect sense. Obviously, yeah. he's not folding the flop. Obviously, he's not folding or raising the turn. Yeah. And then, of course, he's going to check to us on the river.
0: Check, call the river, yeah. Yeah. Huh. Okay. Wow, you probably saved an extra uh, eight to ten big blinds than I would have.
1: Uh, we probably came out about the same because I don't think you would have bet as big on the flop on the turn as I did.
0: True. True. Yeah. 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 Huh. Right on. Nice, All hand.
1: right, you – Thank you. Thank you. You got one.
0: I do. Uh, this one is kind of interesting. It, um, okay. Let's see. This is a cash game. Um, where let's see. There we go. This is a, I had to take a screenshot of this, uh, um on the uh, poker bros app, so I'm looking it up on my iPad right now okay okay, so i was gonna ask
1: you i uh you already answered this, but i was gonna ask before you did was this a mask or no mask cascade is that <laughs> no that mask. determines that's gonna that's going to influence my ranges going forward whether my opponent is smart enough to wear a mask or not
0: <laughs> <laughs> oh that's great. Um, let's see. We are in the small blind uh, with uh, so we post a fifty cent uh, small blind, and then the big blind is one dollar. Our stack okay. and one thing I've been doing um, I got this from uh, Alex Fitzgerald's program is when I get into these uh, cash games, I'll usually be at two to three tables, and I just buy in for fifty big blinds, and then I follow his uh, his you Know a uh, strategy that his buddy wrote on a napkin, uh, to play these games until I double or triple up, and then I you know start playing 100 or 200 big wine stack. Um, but uh, for this one, I basically just buy in for 50 bigs and try to get it all in before the flop, uh, <laughs> is, is my basic strategy. Uh, um, and it has been working for months. I keep thinking that uh, people are going to start pulling, but they don't so. <laughs> Until that happens, I'm just going to keep doing what's working. <laughs>
1: rinse okay. and repeat.
0: It rinse and repeat. Yes, yes. Uh, okay, so we, um, we're we in the small blind. Uh, we've got King King. Uh, and okay. the action, let's see, it goes around. Uh, we got three folds. Um, one guy who also has 50 big blinds, he calls $1. He's in the hijack. Uh, Let's see, Rampage Folds, Mike Folds, Button Folds, and then we're in the small blind with Kings.
1: Okay. What's your
0: size?
1: Tell me again, were there one limpers or two? Uh,
0: Let's see, one limper. Okay. One limper. And we're out of position. He's a recreational player.
1: I'm going to make this $5. Okay.
0: All right. Uh, I go six, um, and um, my reasoning just for big sizing is because they just want to see a flop, and they always call, and we'll yep. be out of position. Um, but anyhow, I, like I it. make it I make it six, uh, and then uh, the hijack uh, calls. Uh, what would that be? Yeah, he calls the six. Um, so we go to a flop, and the flop is we've got the king of clubs king of hearts and the flop is king of diamonds jack of diamonds three of clubs um so we've got them killed here (laughs) yep uh what uh what's your sizing on this one was it 13 in the middle or 12 and a half uh let's see i've got 25 how does that make sense Oh, the main, uh, <laughs> I'm sorry. The main right now is 14 dollars and eighty cents. So that's what everyone okay. put in a ten cent ante. Oh, sort dear, it. Gotcha.
1: Oh, oh, cash games with antes. Yeah, that's interesting.
0: It is. I don't think
1: I've I've never played that before. That sounds pretty cool.
0: It is. <laughs> you, you you can you know, people aren't defending their blinds quite as well. They defend them quite a bit, but they defend them with trash. You know, so there's a little there's an extra ninety cents in there in a in a fifty one one uh, dollar game that uh, you know it's like a whole nother big blind
1: yeah yeah okay so this is a spot where normally this is a recreational player so I'm not going to be worried about balance but if I were I would 100% check this hand because it's a great slow playing hand but because I'm not worried about uh balance here um I think if this guy has a king or a jack or a straight draw or a flush draw, he's never going anywhere. So I'm bombing this. I'm probably betting like 12 or $13.
0: I like that. I like that because there's so many hands right here. So keep in mind from the villain's perspective, he's in the hijack recreational player. He limped and then he called. So Queen-10, queen-jack, king-queen, uh, I mean, all, diamonds, they're all there. You know what I mean? Um, yeah. And Tons
1: I, tons of jacks, too. And yeah. they don't call. like they. He may get away from a jack later, but he's not going to get away from it now. So I might as well get max value from that jack while I can before the board runs out scary for it. This guy has, like, jack-10 of hearts. I think he's calling 12 or 13 bucks here.
0: I think so too. I think so too. I think, uh, yeah, like you said, he's never folding. He's going to call $5 and he's going to call 13. He might as well get right. max value. Yeah. I like that. Okay. Well, I, I made it $5 and 50 cents. I'm not probably why I'm talking about this hand. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but, uh, I, I make it five fifty. Uh, he quickly calls. Uh, so the pot now is twenty five eighty. Um, And we each have about, uh, uh, let's see, what is it, 35, 36 in their stack. Okay. Um, So he calls.
1: Quickly, before you go on, I just want to say that um, I think your size is probably, if you were to bet, and you were trying to do so in a balanced way, that is the right size to use. I'm guessing, because I don't know how to play GTO, but if I had to guess what GTO looks like, it's probably gonna check a certain percentage of the time, and when it does bet, maybe it'll bet a size closer to yours than mine. And I think that's what you wanna do against good players or, um, yeah, good players. And because we know this guy's recreational, that's the primary reason why I lean towards the big bet uh, on the flop.
0: Yeah. Okay. All right. Right on. Okay. Well, we go to the turn uh, with King King and the flop of King of Diamonds, Three of Clubs, Jack of Diamonds. We get a turn of the King of Spades. So we have quads now. And the pot is 2580 we've got uh 36 left in our stack what uh what are your thoughts here so he can't have the the other king because we we have all of them now we've just got all the kings and uh so we're pretty much just targeting a jack or like a a straight draw i guess ace 10 ace queen queen 10 yeah 9 10 Uh
1: Yeah, I think the way to handle this spot is choose a small size that gives him some chance to catch up with his draw, because I think if he hits it on the river, he'll probably pay off the rest, and that size is also cool because it also gets value. I mean, we we miss a little bit of value from a jack, I think, by betting small, but um. I think it's worth it with the sheer number of draws that are available here. So something like ten, I guess. Okay. Um, uh, somewhere in that ballpark.
0: Okay. Yeah. I uh, I made it seven fifty, uh, into twenty five eighty. That's pretty small, actually. Uh, yeah, I made it uh, seven fifty into uh, 25 80 uh, and he calls again.
1: Yeah, yeah, I guess if I would go, I would say I'm going to bet the biggest size that I think he will call with a draw, whatever that number is in your mind. Okay,
0: yeah. okay, all right. I do, and he calls, uh, so okay. we go to the river now. Um, there's four forty dollars 80 in the pot. Uh, we've each got about 30 behind um, so we have enough there that that I don't think it's shoving 30 into $41 isn't unheard of. Um, okay, so with Quad Kings, uh, we go to the river, and the river is the Three of Hearts. So the final board is King, King, Jack, 3-3. Three, three.
1: Hmm. Now, I didn't really... Other than Diamonds, I didn't really think much about Ace-X hands. Um, But there's a lot of Ace-X of Diamonds. I think we could probably jam here. I think he'll call with a Jack. And maybe even call with Ace-X of Diamonds, thinking that we're trying to get him off of a chop or something because uh, anything worse than that is folding anyway. He either has a jack or a busted draw, and there's no way we can get value from the busted draws besides checking to him. And I don't really expect people who play as passively as this guy's played so far, I don't really expect them to bluff a ton. So I think I'm probably just going to jam here expecting to get called by jack always and sometimes potentially get called by Asex of Diamonds.
0: okay i like that a lot um i uh yeah i did the same bet again hoping um i don't know what the hell i was hoping for uh to get called of course and hopefully to get raised uh, but I, I like your logic there of just rip it in um, because if he had a ace three of diamonds, he's never folding. Uh, like you said, a jack I don't think is ever folding. Um, and you might even get called by ace high there. Uh no,
1: I would I wouldn't have been thinking about the three, but that is a good point.
0: Yeah, yeah, if he's got a
1: three, obviously he's not going
0: anywhere. Yeah, yeah. Um yeah, I like it. I did the 750 bet again. He quickly called, and I think this was just a a curious call <laughs> because <laughs> I, I I didn't get to see his hand, but he did show one card and he showed the Ace of Diamonds. So that would feed right into your logic there that, uh, you know, he was probably calling with Ace High there if he didn't show the other card. And uh, yeah, I think we Yeah.
1: Yeah. Play. Cause I mean, cause like, I hate when people show, well, I, it's not that I hate when people show cards. I do like free information, but I prefer, if they're going to show, I prefer them to show two instead of one. Because now I'm trying to figure out, I start projecting in these spots. Like, for example, if I'm this guy and I'm going to show just the Ace of Diamonds, it's going to be because I don't have another diamond in my hand, And I want the guy to think I missed a busted, Nut flush draw, but they may not be thinking that way. Maybe he just actually had the nut flush draw. Um, um, but like I would really be curious if he caught twice with like ace 10 with the ace of diamonds that didn't have a dot di- ace 10 off with the ace of diamonds. Yeah, like that would make me think completely different about this guy than if he just had you know the nut flush draw and um break. Yeah, but we'll never know.
0: Yeah, I played a home game once where um, when you want a, a hand that you didn't have to show down, so like you bet the turn and the other guy folds, you had to show one card. And uh, we got the idea from watching Poker After Dark or something where they were doing that. And after a couple of hours, you really get a good idea of how people are playing when they're forced to show that one card, you know? It, it made a really interesting dynamic for the game because, and especially you, when you have to show one card, you're like, shit, I don't want to show either one of these, but I got to show one, you know? <laughs> so, yeah,
1: yeah. It's yeah, a fun that dynamic.
0: Is... If you get a chance to play a game like that, it's a lot of fun. <laughs> so,
1: it sounds fun. It, uh, it, it would drive me crazy though, because my number one goal when I'm playing is to gather information and use it against people. Yes. And when I'm gathering information that's like half complete and I'm not sure if the adjustments I'm making because of that information are is correct are correct, that um that just drives me that just drives me crazy.
0: (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Do you have another one?
1: No, the, I mean I do, but let's see if this one's worth it. This Throwing one's kind of, yeah, it's kind of. I I uh, I got a fun one. Okay, okay, this one's quick. It's quick and it's pretty fun. Okay, so let me um, pull it up. the 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 other one that I brought was a little bit um, too straightforward. Okay, so here's a fun one. So, I'm playing on Bavada, and this is a rare freeze out. So, this is a 215 buy in, 40K freeze out. All Bovada tournaments used to be freeze outs, but now the majority of them are re entry or uh, rebuys or whatever you call it. Re entry. Yeah. So, um, 300 bigs deep, second hand of the tournament. And again, 215, 40K. So, a guy raises for men raise under the gun. And I have pocket Kings and UTG two. Okay.
0: two king, king. Um, what are the blind levels? 2550.
1: 2550. So we are 300 big blinds deep. So uh, 15,000 chips. Okay.
0: And you said UTG limbs.
1: He min raises. Oh, min
0: raises. So he makes it a hundred or two big blinds.
1: And we're next to act with Kings. Uh, seven
0: bigs, something like that.
1: I like it. I like it. Um, oh, seven bigs. No, I, I'm thinking seven times as bad. Oh, uh, which I, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> which I actually would like. I went 500 here. So okay. 10 bigs. Um, in general, I just don't expect these people to be able to fold uh, when they're this deep, and so kind of like the last hand we discussed, if they're gonna call anyway, and I have a hand they can beat their calling range, I'm just gonna go big. Yeah. Like, what are they gonna do about it? Yeah. They're gonna look down at Jackson fold because I wouldn't. You know, you're right, Probably especially not.
0: at the beginning stages of these, you know, uh, yeah, tournaments. Three hundred big blinds deep. Yeah. Yeah. They're just they're just never folding. Yeah. Even with sixes there, they're calling.
1: Yeah. So I made a 500. And the guy next to me, UTG2, makes it 1,700. Hmm. Okay. And then it goes around to the cutoff, and he makes it 3,700. Interesting. (laughs) And it folds back around to you.
0: Okay, so UTG folds? Yes. Uh, So this is the question. uh, uh, Can we ever fold King's pre-flop here? (laughs) This
1: is the question.
0: Oh, shit. (laughs) God, You know, and this is one of those two where like you fold and then you get the hand history and you're like, that guy had six four of hearts, the fucking kings to six eye. Really? That just happened. Yeah. <laughs> oh man, I probably, I probably just dump it. I just did not tell anyone.
1: <laughs> you can either dump it and not tell anyone, or dump it and then tell. Thousands of people <laughs> on, on a, a podcast. podcast. <laughs> yeah. <laughs>
0: you folded Kings flop and the guy had seven high. <laughs> yeah.
1: Yeah. So, but, but this, this is a scenario
0: right here. Just, uh, it just smells like, I mean, there are times where one guy's got jacks and the other guy has queens um, or ace king, although we blocked that. Uh, yeah. I, I just, I, I folded.
1: Yeah the 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 interesting twist to it is the fact that it's a freeze out. So it's oh, not yeah. like the guy could just be going crazy here and planning a rebuy if it doesn't
0: work. That's a good point. Yeah, so
1: this this is my line of thinking. Uh they're going to be a little bit tighter in these spots because it's a freeze out. On top of that, I'm so much better than anybody that would do this with 6'4 suited, that I'm going to win the chips anyway. Yeah, I don't have to, like, get it all here when I have, like, no evidence. I'd rather him get it in with 6'4 suited against the other guy and then win. And now that I know he's a maniac, yeah, I'm just going to take his lunch later anyway. Yeah, So I don't need to take a high variance spot against an unknown who – could have six-four suited, but probably just has aces, Yeah, you know? So that was my line of thinking here. And here's the other thing. If you do continue in this hand, are you jamming or are you calling?
0: I, I don't like calling being out of position to those two players. I mean, we call here and then UTG three shoves. Like yeah. You know what I mean? I think you got a stuffy baker or fold. I think those are your two options.
1: Yeah, I felt like I was either gonna fold or call, but I kind of had the same thought that you did that if I call, like what am I really hoping for? Yeah. Like if I call and the the first guy jams and the second guy calls, now I think I definitely have an easy fold. Yeah. But I just wasted like 70 bigs to find it out. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> so it's like, you know what? I'm just going to get out of here now. and just pretend like this hand never happened.
0: Yeah, I it's mean, like, UTG raised. You You three bet, a big three bet. And then there's a yeah. four bet and a five bet. Like,
1: uh, Yeah, a yeah, cold five bet. Cold A cold five, five bet. bet is nothing to play with.
0: No, so it's just like they're just almost never bluffing there.
1: Yeah, yeah. So, um, I decided to fold here, and the first guy jams. Perfect. And the three better calls. I mean, the cold five better calls. I don't think I've ever used that sentence in my life. <laughs> um. But the five better had queens, oh. and the guy who jammed had ace-queen suited.
0: Oh, God. Okay. Yeah.
1: <laughs> Which is why I love playing on this site. <laughs> <Yeah>.
0: <laughs> <You're> amazing.
1: <laughs> and even though technically I made a bad fold here, my mantra is always, a bad foal is better than a bad call. Yeah. I'd uh, yeah. rather fold here and lose tens to a hand that I was ahead of, than to put in three hundred big blinds here and lose to a hand that's ahead of me. Because now I still got a ch- a great chance of winning this tournament. Um yeah. By you making two hundred ninety
0: big blinds <laughs> versus zero. Yeah.
1: Exactly. <laughs> yeah. And and the and the other thing is like, it's a question of his range. If his range is Queens plus, I still like my fold. Yeah. Because I'm chopping with Kings and me versus Aces and me versus Queens are kind of like a um, a wash. Mm-hmm. So I feel like I'm basically flipping versus that range anyway. And I didn't sign, sign up to take 300, 300 big blind flips. Yeah. On top of that, the other guy could have aces.
0: Yeah, his so, let's say his range is ace-queen suited plus. Uh, he, if he's doing that in ace-queen suited. He's probably doing it with jacks. So you're against ace-queen suited, jacks plus for him, and then queens plus for the other guy?
1: Yeah. And yeah. That's,
0: that's probably, yeah, that's if probably you, pretty accurate.
1: If you give both of these guys slightly wide but reasonable ranges, I'd rather not be up against two ranges like that for this many big blinds. But, yeah, you start throwing six four suited in there, then, yeah, this is definitely um, a mistake. But And that could be the case on this site. You never know. But yeah. I'd rather err on the side of caution here. And I'm not upset after seeing their hands. I still think it was the right fold.
0: I remember talking about one like this with uh, Mark Alioto. He was coaching me. A couple of years ago on Bovada and it was a, a tournament I went deep in or one I don't remember but I remember one hand specifically I had ace king suited um, I raised an early position uh, someone three bet me then there was a cold four shove for I think like 50 bigs or something and it folded around to me and I folded and Mark was like "Ah, oh, good fold and then we see the hands and the guy had exactly six four suited The the cold four shove I'm like, <laughs> Me and Mark are oh, all what the fuck.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I've definitely seen stuff like that also. Man, some of these people just hate money. <laughs> they just hate money. It's like a hacker that got into somebody else's account, and now they're just like joyriding with the guys' bankroll. Yeah. That's what that's what I feel like sometimes. Yeah. yeah. Mike, Mike and I had one like this where we were in a room in Vegas playing actually i think it was at the rio we were at the rio and we were playing a online wsop bracelet event and a spot like this came up and i folded king's pre and that kind of blew his mind i want to say he talked about it on the podcast back then this was years ago but if i don't remember what the um who was at the table. It's probably just some random, so I probably didn't know those people. But I know back then, I'm not as good of a poker player as I am now. But even that, even at that point, back then I think I, I was just like, somebody probably has aces. Um, I don't, you could rebuy in that one, but I didn't have money for another bullet. It was like a $600 buy-in or something. Yeah. So I, I folded there just because, you know, it's, it's that classic, Question about would you fold? Uh, well, I guess the classic question is aces and first hand of the main event. Uh, and this is different because we're talking about kings, and this wasn't the main event, but it kind of was the main event for me because at that time, a six hundred dollar bracelet event was a lot of money for me. Yeah. And so, even though I probably had less of an edge on the field then, I still like that fold, but kind of for different reasons. This, this one right here is like, it was kind of an easy fold because of the edge I have on the field. And I think that's something that people need to um, take into account more often before they take these, um, I guess, standard spots.
0: Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Reno, right that was cool. That was a neat one. (laughs) I would have done the same though. You know, it's, it's neat to me, just the progression of the show and uh, uh, following you, uh, you know, a few years ago for you to say that you bought into a 215 online would have been like, you know, okay, this is the big one for this Sunday. You know, yeah. <laughs> and now it's just uh, par for the course. I think that's awesome. Run, I remember yeah, when running you and I were hill. discussing $5 tournaments here. You know, it's like
1: when I started, when I started with tournaments, I was playing $2 tournaments. Yep. And first place was like 30 bucks or something. And like <laughs> when I didn't win, I would punch a hole through my wall, like literally. <laughs> <laughs> and so, yeah. We've definitely come a long way, man. We've come a long way. You don't even
0: look at the runouts anymore. You're just like, oh, whatever. No,
1: I don't look at the runouts. I really don't care that much when I lose because I'm practicing proper bankroll management. And theme of the story, the theme of the podcast, my expenses are a lot lower now. Back when I when I owned a wall to punch through,
0: Uh
1: I couldn't afford not to win. But now that I don't own any walls. Who cares if I win or not?
0: Yeah. <laughs> That's awesome, man. That yeah. awesome. Yeah. It's been a fun ride for me, too. You know, I mean, playing like the other last, well, the last WSOP we could play, you know, I played in, uh, I think I had almost 10K worth of buy in, something like that, you know, which would have been unheard of uh, five years before that. But, uh, yeah. Cause you started, you
1: started with cash, right? I remember you were like, you were like grinding small states cash and then you kind of like took your cash roll to to like you know get your feet wet in tournaments if i remember correctly
0: yep yeah yeah and i just i did the same thing as you i just started out with little $5 tournaments and uh, just worked my way up from there yeah so it's uh yeah it's pretty cool i love this game it's a lot of fun yeah me too <laughs> a lot of fun cool well thank you for coming on the show carlos um you're still doing coaching, I'm, I'm sure, right?
1: Yes. Coaching has taken over my life, so I'm now doing more coaching than playing. And so I'm busy pretty much every week with that.
0: And uh, mediocre poker coaching?
1: Actually, uh, the best way <laughs> that site um, – the registration on the domain 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 name expired and for some reason they won't give it back to me huh. and so that site takes you to nowhere i think i'm pretty sure it takes you to nowhere um so i would just say uh, my twitter page at hip hop 101 trivia um, in the bio there's a link to um my coaching information
0: okay Cool. So you guys yeah. can hit him up there for that. Uh, if you want to play on uh, Poker Bros with uh, Mikey and I, hit me up, and uh, we'll get you set up on that. Uh, minimum is five hundred uh, to get in, and you'll get ten percent rake back for whatever you play. You can join us and uh, have fun here. But uh, thank you for coming on the show, Carlos.
1: Thank you. Always a pleasure.
0: Yes, and thank you for tuning in. Here is your weekly motivational speech.
2: It's not easy out there. People are always saying you can't, that you shouldn't, that you're not smart enough, not good enough. This world, it it beats you up again and again, until eventually, most
1: people, they just... they just stop trying. But you're not like that. You're a fighter.
2: You always have been. Everybody in your life will have a turn back moment. No matter who you are, you're going to have such a period in your life where it seems like it's not working. You're gonna have doubts, you're gonna have a lot of trials and tribulations and challenges. You always have a moment in your life where the direction you're going, you will have to make a decision to keep going or you turn back. The sad thing is, the average person turns back. It's hard living. Life is hard.
0: Life is not easy at all. There's gonna be
2: challenges. You're gonna get beat down. And that tough situation is making you wanna stop. And you will fail sometimes And that's okay. That's okay as long as you get back up. Take that next step. Keep moving forward. And no matter
0: what, do not quit.
2: I don't care how low you are. I don't care what you have done. I don't care what you have experienced. I don't care how devastated your life might appear to be. The shambles it might be in. Wherever you are in life, ladies and gentlemen, you've got comeback power. There's a power in you that can enable you to be stronger and better than anything that's out here. Once you begin to know who you are, once you discover this power, the perfect essence of who you are, that's in all of us, that's permeating our being, that enable us to be the directors of our lives, it will set you free from believing, I can't see myself doing any better that you truly can live a healthy, happy, prosperous life and that you can make it in what are called the worst of times. Tough times never last, but tough people do. And you are tough. You're made of some special stuff. There was nobody here before you. You brought something here that was not here before you showed up. Guess what? Nobody's gonna do your work for you. Nobody's gonna write your book for you. That has been given to you today. You want your stuff? It's necessary you take responsibility for it. That you make it happen. That you don't give up. That you don't take any objection or disappointment or defeats personally. That you keep on keeping on. That you don't decide that I can't make it because you can't see the light at the end of the tunnel. That you realize that's a part of the program. And here's something you've got to resolve. Say this to yourself every day. Not over till I win. Not over till I get through. Not over till I get over. Not over till I get what I want. That's how you got to do that. You got to have that kind of courage, that type of determination. If you want to make it happen, it's you.